Make a joyful noise, amen. He is mine and I am his. We thank you, Jesus, for changing us, for making us new, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for being our constant. We thank you,
Hallelujah from the depth of our heart. Praise and glory to the living God. Praise and glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you that you first loved us. We thank you that you sent your only begotten Son, that our eyes might be opened and our hearts awakened to your truth, that our lives would be transformed and by your precious blood, Lord Jesus, who will be washed and cleansed and forgiven and made brand new. For all that you've done and all that you are, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor, for you are worthy and most deserving. And we thank you, Lord, that you fill your house with your presence. You fill our hearts with your peace. Now, Lord Jesus, continue to be blessed in everything we do. Touch hearts. Minister fresh grace to individuals. Draw men unto yourself. Let heaviness be lifted. Let confusions be driven away. And may the life of God be imparted to every heart and every mind. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand cap of praise. and uh, Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Welcome to the house of the Lord. So good to see everybody out. Amen. I know school started and 
heard some parents singing, it's the most wonderful time of the year. No, not really. <laughs> but, but I used to sing that. Amen. I used to sing that. But I want to welcome everyone to God's house. We have a couple things we want to do before we, we get to the Word of God. And um, first thing we want to do, we want to give a special thanks to the, um, to the young adult class. The, the biases oversee that class. And they were able to head up an outreach where, through your help, we were able to give over 50 backpacks full of um, school supplies. You know, amen. God bless. Amen. That was awesome. That was awesome. You know, I mean, Sister Lizette was able to contact and find out what school districts really had the need. And so, you know, we were taking them to places that, you know, were overlooked and it was a great thing. And they had, you know, they were doing their movie night to raise money and uh, many of you gave and so forth. But it's good that the young people um, um, put their, their religion to practice. Can you say amen? Amen. And that we go out and we touch people with the love of God. So we want to give a good, big God bless you. And I believe they got a, a video for us of some of this. So let's, let's watch this outreach. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Equipping our children for their school year. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. What an exciting time for our children starting a new year. And uh, we want to pray for them. I want to go ahead and invite uh, you to come and just stand up here. If you any of our uh, kids that are at attending school, whether that's a public school, a college, a home school, and if you're a part of the uh, education system, maybe you're a, a, a home school teacher, or maybe you're teaching in the public school system, or a bus driver, or a volunteer, uh, come and stand. We're going to pray a prayer blessing over you. Come on, don't be shy. Come on up here. We want to pray for you. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. He said, for such is the kingdom of God. Just stand right here across the front. Amen. Amen. We want to pray a blessing over our kids today and over our teachers today. What a, an exciting time. Uh, I want to just encourage our children, you know, uh, what a blessing it is uh, to see so many children in our church, so many young people in our church. Amen. And we want to pray a blessing. Uh, you know, with school, sometimes that can bring uh, uh, some, uh, some scary times, maybe going to a new school or a new class. But I want to encourage you that you don't need to be afraid because Jesus is with you. He's a friend that will stick closer than a brother. Amen? Amen. We just want to pray a blessing over our children, that they would have a great year. We want to pray for our teachers, and uh, we just want to encourage you, Pastor, uh, if you'll just, as we pray, 
lay hands on them, extend your hand this way, and we're going to pray together, and we're going to pray a blessing over them for protection and a great year. Hallelujah. These are our children. Amen. And we're going to pray for them. And I want to encourage you, don't just pray today, but I want us to pray throughout the year as God puts them on your heart. Pray for our children. We want to pray for our campuses and all of our leaders. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Father, we thank you for our children. We thank you for our teachers, Lord, and volunteers, those that are involved in the school system this morning. And God, as we go down through here and we pray and we lay hands on our children and teachers, we pray that you would pour out a spirit of blessing, Lord God, upon them. Lord, a a, a blessing of protection, God. We plead the blood of Jesus over each one of these children, teachers, those that are here this morning, God. We plead the blood of Jesus over them and we pray for a hedge of protection over each one of them and over our school grounds in the name of Jesus that you would let no violence or threats of violence come to our school grounds but God that you would hedge and protect them that it would be a safe place God for our children a safe place for our community for our teachers God we pray that you would pour out your spirit in our schools Lord God we pray that our children as they go that they would go forth as lights Lord God that shine into the darkness Lord that your light would shine through them, that you would be with them, Lord, that they would not fear, but God, that they would feel your comfort and your peace, God, that they would have an atmosphere for learning, God. Let it be a year of increase for our children, Lord, as they learn, as they put their, their time into study and learning, Lord. Anoint our teachers, God. Father, as they teach in the classrooms, Lord, use them, Lord, to impart to their students, Lord God, the light and the love of Jesus, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon them, upon our bus drivers and everybody. Lord, we pray for your protection, Lord, to and from school as they're at their bus stops, Lord, as they're at school, as they travel home. God, we just pray and commit this school year into your hands and we pray, let it be a great year. Let it be a great victorious year of learning, Lord, and of safety, Lord, and of growing, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. Pour out your spirit, your blessings, Lord God, upon each one and use them for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give our children, our teachers another hand. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. Go get them. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. So once again, we we'll thank the young adults for their hard work and getting all those backpacks. Because you know, the way the economy is, you know, some families, that's a lot of money to have to supply kids to go to school. And so I know, I remember when we did it a, a different year, I remember some of those single moms coming up with tears in their eyes and saying, thank you. We were looking for some place, but things were tight. And so, you know... The Bible talks about do good works that men might see and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen? You don't need to be real strong in the Lord to do good works. You don't got to have a degree in theology. Do good works. Amen? See a need, and in the name of Jesus, meet the need. Amen? Be a blessing. And so we want to thank you for them. And I want to thank you for all the parents who brought your kids. There's one thing we, we can promise you.
as far as Pastor Todd and I are concerned, we don't do anything just for the sake of religion, even Pentecostal religion. What we do according to your faith, be it unto you. And when we pray, I served a man of God and in his 70s. I'd watch him lay hands on thousands of kids till one in the morning. After one in the morning, we'd be in places like Harlem and in the Bronx. And he's in his 70s, laying hands on thousands of children. But he believed everyone he touched would never be brought into perversion. Everyone he touched would never be attacked, would be protected, and we'd be blessed, and we'd prosper. Everyone. And so when we pray, we believe in God. We believe in God. So I want to thank you for bringing them. Because you don't bring them, they can't get the blessing. Amen? If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me. Matthew's Gospel, the 12th chapter. I'm going to use the title this morning, Jesus the Stronger One. Jesus the Stronger One. Isn't it good to know you serve the stronger one? Now, of course, this story is told not only in Matthew but in Luke, but we're going to read it from Matthew's Gospel, the 12th chapter, starting with verse 22. Matthew's Gospel, 22. Then they brought him, brought Jesus, they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so he could both talk and see. Now all the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it's only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Now Jesus knew their thoughts. You see, you can't, you got to watch your thoughts when Jesus is around. Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Every city or household, important to have unity in your household, amen? will be divided against itself, will not stand. Verse 26, if Satan drives out Satan, how is his divided? He is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, well, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they'll be your judges. Verse 28, but if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, Luke will say by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless first he ties up the strong man? Then he can rob his house. Luke says something to this effect. When when a strong man has his goods safely secured, they're safe. But when a stronger man comes, that's where we're getting our title. Jesus is a stronger man. When he attacks and overpowers him, he steals those possessions and takes them back. And then lastly, verse 30, the last verse there. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Using as our title this morning, Jesus the Stronger One. And in really the goal of this message is by studying Jesus' response, the revelation of his response to these blasphemous charges. I pray that, number one, we can encourage some hearts this morning because this is your Jesus. Be not afraid. Be of good cheer. He is the stronger one. But secondly, not only we're going to encourage hearts, let's equip some hands because you and I are his ambassadors. We're his representatives. And I pray that these truths would energize our faith and just fuel our courage that we might go forth and do his works and do his will confidently with expectation. And finally, I pray that this story would extend some hope that you might be hurting today. 
And I encourage you, don't give up and don't give in. Keep looking to Jesus, keep trusting in his word, for he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this same Jesus that blessed this man is here today to bless you and to work in your life. Can you say amen? It's good to know we serve the stronger one. The stronger one. Jesus said all power and authority, both in heaven and in earth. That means right here, has been given unto me. He's stronger than sin. He can save any soul. He's stronger than sickness. He can destroy any disease. He's stronger than than Satan. He can break the hold of evil. He's stronger than any situation that's trying to turn you back and discourage your faith and get you to give up. Jesus is stronger. He is the stronger one. And he's the same today as he was in the Bible days. Let him touch you. Let him speak to you. Let him work a good work in you. Somebody say amen. He's stronger than what you're facing. He's stronger than the storm you're enduring. He's the stronger. He's the stronger one. He's greater than whatever will try to trip you up or hold you back. He demonstrated that power when he walked the earth, when he walked among men, healing the sick and delivering the captives, casting out demons. He spoke and storms obeyed. He even raised the dead. He demonstrated that power, but then he delegated that power to his church that we might continue that work he said in Acts 1 and 8 you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you that you might be my witnesses that you might be my representatives he said in John the works that I do shall you do also he demonstrated that power then he delegated that power and he gave that power to his church that we might carry out his will and do his works and carry on the commission of Christ I want to break up this sermon into three little parts. Number one, the accusation. Number two, the refutation. And number three, the application. Number one is the accusation. Verses 22 through 24. I want to notice first what what precedes the accusation of the Pharisees. What preceded was a mighty demonstration of God's power and God's compassion to a hurting soul. Someone brought a demon-possessed man that was blind and mute. Then they brought him. I want to pause there because there is a key to being a partner in the miraculous. God wants to use you to be a helper in the harvest, to be a co-laborer. But here's a key to being used of God, to see the power of God work in a situation, in a life, in the world. Here's a key. It's simply bringing them to Jesus, inviting, calling, picking them up, Tell them about the story. A man was brought to Jesus. Family and friends cared enough to bring him. There is great need for those that would just bring them, that would just tell them, that would just invite them and just pick them up. This man was a victim of Satan's power. He's blind and he's mute. He couldn't escape. He couldn't see. He he couldn't cry out. You know, many today, they can't see their need. Or they can't cry out for themselves, but oh, we can bring them. And we can tell them. And, and God's grace, if we'll do that, God's grace can apprehend them. And God's power can transform them. You see, the key, what set this miracle in motion. We like to talk about it, but we don't study enough to see the things that trigger it. The things that bring it to pass. And so we become great at knowing the story, but very little at reproducing the story. We need to notice here 
the key that set it all in motion. They brought him. How many today? Your life, your entire heritage, generations have been eternally changed because somebody brought you. As a child, somebody brought you. Someone picked you up. Maybe you were in the military and someone invited you to church. Maybe in college and someone invited you to an outreach. Maybe on the job and someone said, hey, do you want to come to my church? And they told you about Jesus. Folks, even those of us that grew up in the family of God, we had faithful parents that brought us until it became real in us. But they had to bring us or we wouldn't have heard. And how can we believe if we don't hear? Just think of the Bible examples. There's so many, we can just give a few. The importance of bringing them. Someone says, that's not deep. We're too deep sometimes. Less depth and more action. and We'll get more done for the kingdom. Somebody say amen to that. Somebody got more notebooks than notes. Well, start working out some of those notes you take. Come on, say amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? 25 steps to faith. They still got nothing. Can't move nothing. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That old school didn't have 25 points, but they can move mountains, I'll tell you that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Long before the day, all this notes and this, that, and the other thing, and PowerPoint this and do that. I can't learn if it's not. Oh, God, help us. Oh, oh, Pentecost. Oh, Grandma. She just lay hands on you. Take authority. Amen. Oh, they didn't need any schooling. They knew God. When you know God, that oversees a lot of things. Woo! I better get back to my notes. I'm telling how many of you got power? Anyone know you got power? I'm down in the notes. I had a near drowning experience as a little guy. Uh, way up upstate New York, clearing out acres of land my family had bought, and I fell in the well that was going to be the well. And they had the mowers going, and the grace of God, they both turned off the mowers at the same time to hear my last cry. Whew. Next time, I'm going down for the lad time. I'm grabbing everything I can grab. Next thing I know, Dad's flying over the bushes. There he comes, Dad to the rescue. Saved my life. They just got done for having a break. No reason for them to turn those mowers off. Just refueled. All right, whoo, glory. But I'll never forget until a year later, they put me in the chair, wrapped me in a towel. We're outside. There's no, not, 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 nothing's up there yet. Haven't built anything yet. Just clearing the land. Next time, I'm a grandmother. Grandma, woman of God. Laid hands on me. Once they knew I was breathing, they, and grandma said, okay, here we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, let them never. I'm telling you, if you learn to take authority, we can spare our kids a lot of emotional garbage that the devil would like to put on them. My grandmother laid hands on me. Let them never have a nightmare about this. Let them never have. I mean, I swim like a fish all my life. I forgot that whole incident until I was like 13, 14 years old. I was swimming, never had one nightmare, never afraid of water. Grandma took authority. Nowadays, you've got to go to counseling for 25 years. Not then. They lay hands on you. Take authority. You've got to use authority or it don't, it don't work. Isn't that right? Let me get back to my notes. Woo! Hope you're not in a rush. I'm feeling good. Bible examples, the importance of bringing them. Hey, that great apostle Peter, he shook cities. He was brought by his brother Andrew. Most people don't know much about Andrew's ministry. One of the first, he brought his brother to Jesus. I think about these friends in our story. They brought their friend, their demon-possessed friend to Jesus. I think about the ones that carried their friend that was paralyzed, had to go through a roof just to get him. Sometimes it takes a little effort to bring them, to tell them. Come on, say amen. They brought 
little children to Jesus. And he blessed them. Many of us were brought to God's house as children, and we were blessed by it. Can you say amen? If you were raised in it, we were blessed by it like we did today. We brought them that they might receive a blessing. I think of that Samaritan woman. She told the whole village, and they came out to see this Jesus. I think about the man, the Gadarene, the demon-possessed man. When he got set free, he wanted to go with Jesus. Jesus said, no, you go back home and tell him about the good things. And the Bible says he went through all his area of that. And he said, come see a man. He said, listen. He came back crying out, look what the Lord had done. He set me free. This mighty demonstration of God's power was manifest because some people brought to Jesus a life that needed what only Jesus could give. Sometimes we have no answer in ourselves. Sometimes society has no answer. Medical science. But we know the one that does. We might not have the answer, but we can bring you to the one that does. We might not be able to answer all your questions, but I can introduce you to the one that's a wonderful counselor. and He can do what no one else can do. Let us do likewise. And let us bring them and tell them and invite them that his house might be full. You don't know how God will use your efforts. I was blessed the other day, Brother Eric and I went out for some breakfast. While we're going out, he reminds me of his testimony. Just a little guy. He said some old lady came by his neighborhood in Buffalo. His parents weren't churchgoers. His family weren't churchgoers. He's five, six, seven years old. Some, some old lady, he found out later somebody got church, took him to church, took him to buckaroos, kangaroos, whatever, you know, the mission or whatever the ranger thing is. Amen. And he said, I was just there. I don't know how long, how many, I don't know how long she took us, but something got in me. Oh, don't you ever doubt what God can do in a child. Amen. Don't ever doubt what God can do in a child. He says, something got in me, something got in me, something got in me. He says, obviously it only lasted some time. And, you know, my parents, I didn't come from a church-going family. And then most of them, I didn't go to church for a lot of times, maybe a little here and there. Till finally I got to the point in life where I knew I needed God. Still didn't even know it was an assembly of God church. He said, but something happened on the inside. It's a little five or six buckaroo. And I began to look for churches. Went to this one. I said, no, that's not it. Ooh. So you can tell. <laughs> so I went to another one. No, no, that's not it. They're singing the song, but it's not it. And finally I found one. I found Assembly of God Church. So blessed. Brother Eric and Sister Carly going hard after God. Serving God. Walking with God. I found myself this last week walking the halls upstairs. Crying. Saying, Lord, if that old lady's still alive. You blessed that old lady in Buffalo. That cared enough to pick up these kids and bring them so they could hear the gospel. I remember here some years ago, not that long ago, there's a precious group of little ones. I don't know, I think maybe Amy used to bring them. They're living with grandma and grandpa. Remember that? First she'd bring them, and they'd go to children's church, and they'd be to VBS, and then, then after a while, grandma started coming too. Grandma started coming. Woo! This gospel will bless the young, it'll bless the old, amen? It'll change a young life, it'll change an old life. And, and grandma started coming. And then not long after that, grandpa, woo, grandpa started coming. I'll never forget, they had to move out of state. But that last Sunday, grandpa waited for me out there. He waited for everything to end. 
and he waited for me. Tears in his eyes. Stuck out his hands. He said, I want to thank you and this church for how good you've been, how you've affected our lives. There's generations right there, powerfully affected by the gospel. Don't ever limit this gospel. If we'll just bring them, God can touch them. If we'll just bring them, God can make himself known to them. If we'll bring them, God knows what everyone needs and how to speak to every individual, to the young, to the old, to, to the hurting, to the broken, to the proud. He can touch any life. Let us bring them. Let us bring them. Let us tell them. Oh, how can they believe unless they Let's bring them to a place where they can hear. Can you say amen to that? You don't know what your efforts will produce. I thank God for that old. I said, Lord, bless that old lady. If she's still alive, you bless her for bringing Eric to church, for taking time to pick up kids, not her kids, strangers, but bringing them that they can hear the gospel. Oh, hallelujah. We look in our story. They brought him. And Jesus' heart went out to him. His heart goes out today to whosoever will. Whoever you are, young or old, you might be religious, you might be a terrible sinner. The heart of Jesus goes out to you. And he's willing to save you. He wants to heal you. He wants to transform you. If you come to him, he'll receive you. They brought him and Jesus' heart went out to him. And then the power of the Lord set him free. Made him whole. Thank God they brought him. Can you say amen? Jesus is the stronger one. In fact, the very purpose that Jesus came to earth was to conquer Satan and break his power over men. Ultimately, that happened on the cross. And ultimately, as a church, we carry out that message. We enforce that victory. We declare that great triumph on the cross when Jesus shed his blood for you and for me. Oh, yeah, he's breaking the hold of hell. He's breaking the hold that had men captive. Calvary was not a tragedy, my friend. It was a victory. It was not a defeat. It was a triumph. Hell did its worst. The strong man, abused and oppressed, afflicted the Son of God, crucified the Son of God. But on the third day, praise God, the stronger man. I said the stronger man. He kicked the end out of the tomb. He rose from the dead, defeated death, hell, and the grave. And today when a person, any person, is held in bondage by anything, Christ cares. Christ cares. Jesus cares. You might have brought it on yourself, but Jesus cares. You might have been an innocent victim, but Jesus cares. person is held in bondage by anything. Christ cares and he desires to deliver him, whether it be sin, sickness, an addiction, any kind of ungodly habit, unhealthy habit. The Bible says in 1 John 3 and 8, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. For this reason Jesus came, that he might destroy the works of the devil. How many know he fulfilled his purpose? He fulfilled his purpose. Now notice the crowds were amazed at Jesus' power over demons, yet the crowd was divided. It's divided here today. Every crowd's divided. Some got tears. Some are resistant inside. The gospel. It's a dividing gospel. Jesus said that, didn't he? The gospel goes out to all men, but there's different responses. 
Some rejoice. Some found the pearl of great price. Some with tears overflow with gratitude. Others, Jesus, you're still a threat to me. You're still a threat because I'm not ready to say yes. Oh, my. Oh, my. The crowd was divided. Oh, yes. The accusation caused by a miracle of mercy. They're the reaction of the Pharisees. The reaction of the crowds. The, the people were amazed. They were astonished. Could this be the son of David? Could this be the one we we're waiting for? But the Pharisees, those religious leaders, they were a bit critical. He said, it's by the devil that he's doing these things. His enemies accused him of being in league with Satan. Instead of rejoicing that God had sent a redeemer, instead of rejoicing that Jesus had helped this poor, suffering human being, the religious leaders were rebelling against the truth of God's word and seeking to discredit the character and the work of the Son of God. Imagine a people being so blind that they couldn't distinguish a work of God from a work of Satan. Lord, help us. Now, this wasn't the first time that Jesus was accused. <laughs> I mean, when he forgave sins, they accused him of blasphemy. When he healed on the Sabbath, they accused him of not obeying their rules. He didn't wash his hands when they said you should. He ate when they said you shouldn't eat. See, Jesus was a target because Jesus was a threat. Mark that down. He's still a threat. He's a threat through your self-rule. He's still a threat. He's a threat to religious tradition that does not find its premise in the Word of God. He is a threat to man's self-rule. People say, let me do my own thing. I don't want to bow to anyone's lordship but myself. He's still a threat to Satan and his dominion and his hold over human beings. That's why he does all that he can to fight the gospel, to hinder the pure preaching of the gospel and the witnessing of the gospel. You see, from the moment of his birth in Bethlehem's manger, a divine invasion of sorts was in operation. The king had come. <laughs> advancing his kingdom, advancing the kingdom of God, and attacking the kingdom of darkness, rescuing and redeeming the lost, the hurting and the broken. When Peter summarized in Acts the 10th chapter, when Peter summarized the ministry of Jesus, he said, oh, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed of the Holy Spirit, and he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed or under the power of the devil. Jesus went about lifting up those that had fallen, healing those that were wounded and bruised. He went about opening the eyes of men that they could recognize and see the glorious truth of God. And remember, today, he was, he was accused. And today, those that choose to stand with Jesus and to do his works, you and I will face similar oppositions. You become a threat to darkness once you receive Christ and truly become committed to his cause. Your friends might not like you anymore. It might cause you to leave some friendships. 
It might cause people to say things about you. But Jesus said, what they did to me, they'll do to you. How they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And this morning, if you're a genuine convert, if you're a dedicated disciple, if you really publicly identify your life and your lifestyle with Jesus, if you're taking a stand for Christ, that truth is still attacked. That truth is still rejected. And just like the life of the Lord, the accuser will try to discourage and discredit you. He'll try to weaken your resolve. He'll try to frustrate your faith. He'll try to halt your obedience. He'll try to stir up your insecurities that you won't stand in, but you'll compromise. But I encourage you this morning, don't let him do it. When people um, leave you, when people say mad things about you, when people accuse you because you choose to stand for Jesus and his holy word, don't let that move you. Don't let that discourage you. Just recognize you're in good family. You're in good standing. You're in the standing of the righteous, those that choose to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, say amen to that. When you make a stand for Christ, not everyone will appreciate it. Not everyone will understand it. But in the name of the Lord, I encourage you to keep your convictions, keep your faith, stand and refuse to be moved. Somebody, you got to know that. You got to take a stand. And things have been too easy up until now. God's saying, you're tired of third grade. It's time to go to fourth grade, which means you got to deal with some stuff. You got to get a stronger inner fortitude. You got to make up your mind and stand and let everything fall where it lies, but you're going to stick with Jesus. Somebody say amen. We have little understanding of the ways of God. You get treated one way in second grade, you get treated different in ninth grade. Are you with me? Spiritually, I found out years ago, bigger church and a lot of new converts, but I found out some of these new converts, they want to be in the church five years, still be treated like a new convert. I said, oh, brother, you're not three anymore. We all burped you and changed your diaper for a year and a half. Stuck that bottle. Had to get through those whiskers sometimes. Isn't that right? You know, don't, don't, don't mind. Don't mind giving anyone that bottle. Don't, don't, but I got to go through the whiskers. It bugs me. Amen? But now, now we're expecting something. Now we're expecting you to serve and faithfully serve. Is that right? Isn't that true? I mean, it's one. When you're new, we burp you. We'll pray for you. We'll go the extra mile. You know, we'll, we'll be a little pathetic with you, you know, until you get some. But after a while. I got off the note. What I'm trying to say is sometimes, folks, you need to realize God wants you to grow up, spiritually speaking. And the only way you can grow up is where God throws something at you that forces you to grow up. He demands something out of you. Isn't that a terrible word? God might actually demand something out of me. Send his son to die for me. How dare God Almighty demand something? But people think that, don't they? No, he says, you can't even join this thing unless you pick up that cross and follow me. <laughs> you, you can't even get into this thing unless you pick up. So I want you to know, sometimes God's going to throw some challenges your way. And some of those challenges will cause part of you to die. There's areas of our life that we need to crucify. And say, it's time for me to grow up when I was a child. Acted like a child, whined like a child, sucked my thumb like a child. But then I became a man. Somewhere along the way, God said, I want you to become a man of God. And if I'm going to do that, i got to change. Certain things got to get put aside 
and certain challenges I need to face on my own. I can't run to mommy for everything. Isn't that right? After a while, I can't run a sister around you every time you have a prayer problem. You've got to learn to pray yourself through. Isn't that right? You, you can't run to Brother Gary. What, what's the Bible say about this? You need to learn that Bible. You can stand on that word. This is what the Bible says. Put on that armor and stand. Are you with me? I'm glad you're. I'm feeling good. Amen. I'm feeling good. Well, you know what? Because we don't understand these things. And then what happens is, after we wonder why things aren't working good, we're going to blame God and every person around you. They didn't burp me enough. They didn't call me enough. And the whole point is that it had nothing to do with it. You were misinterpreting what God's doing. You're mislabeling what God is allowing. God is allowing something in hopes to elevate you. But if you don't see the test, they give you the test so you can get to the next grade. Right? I mean, that's really the goal. We want to get you to the next grade. I mean, the teacher, I want you to prove that you know it so we can get you out of here. We don't want to see you again, man. Enough of you. Hey, go to the next grade. I'm going to give you the next teacher. But in order to do that, you've got to show us that you've accomplished certain things. Amen? Amen. And God says, I'd love, I'd love to get you into leadership, but you've got to do this. I'd like to be able to use you to another measure. But you got to get, you know, some things in you, you got to really get some victory over. You understand? Am I, are you catching this? If I misinterpret or mislabel the dealings of God, I really set myself up for defeat. If I misinterpret or mislabel the dealings of God, I'm thinking God's bailing or people are being hard. And the whole time it's God says, no, it's me. It's me. Oh, Jacob's wrestling. The whole time he's fighting God. Isn't that right? He left fighting God, broken man, but he was never the same. Never the same. There was some breaking, but he was never the same. Amen? He got a transformation there, didn't he? He was no longer that old conniver, Jacob. He was now that prince with God. But you got to go through some things to get there. Mm. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to understand the will and ways of God. And if I can stand here today and say, I'm still at the same place I was at two years ago, you're missing it somewhere. The whole Christian experience is intended to be faith to faith and glory to glory. And though this, as we chatted last night, though this old man definitely wasting away, the inner man being renewed day by day. Isn't that right? This hair is disappearing and these eyes are getting dimmer. And well, let's not talk about, that's why I wear a jacket. Let's not talk about the belt. But hopefully that, 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 that man of faith getting stronger. Amen? That, 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 the inner man is getting more like Jesus. Amen? Getting more like Jesus. So pray, Lord, help me to understand the purpose of what I'm facing. Help me not to mislabel your dealings. Because if I mislabel your dealings, you know, if you think, knock, knock, late at night, where's my bullet, right? Where's my gun? Now what's going on? Someone banging on that door. You respond one way. You're not sure who the knock is. The mind goes to the worst case scenario, self-defense. But then you find out the kids decided to drive down and surprise you from the Carolinas. 
And all of a sudden, where my, where's my bullet? Went to, woo, bring out the pot rolls, bring out some food and hug the kids. And it's amazing. As soon as you can interpret what's going on, your response radically changes. See what I'm getting at? And many times God allows things to happen. You got to say, Lord, why are we doing this? God says, I want to deal with this in your life. So I'd love to get you there, but if you don't deal with this, you can't. Overcoming that is your venue to that. So Lord, help me not to mislabel your dealings, to misinterpret your workings, but help me to understand them so I can respond to them. Now there's a refutation here where Jesus gives three arguments why their accusation is really foolish. Number one, he says in verses 25 and 26, number one, it's illogical, illogical what you're saying. Why would Satan fight against himself and divide his own kingdom? Divided alliances, allegiances just destroy. Division leads to separation and ruin. Jesus says, he's not fighting. Listen, the devil's kingdom is real. It's ruthless. It's evil. But it's not divided. And so Jesus said, number one, saying that I'm doing this with the devil, that, that's illogical. That means Satan would be divide, working against Satan. No, 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 no. Secondly, he says, not only is it illogical, it's inconsistent. Verse 27 is inconsistent. It, it's self-incriminating. He says, because listen, if I'm doing it by the power of Satan, then who are your ministers doing it through? On the contrary, Jesus says, no. My miracles show that the kingdom of God is an operation, not the kingdom of Satan. And thirdly, not only did he say, listen, your, your, your accusation is illogical, it's inconsistent. You know what? Actually, it's an admission of my power over the evil one. For Jesus is saying, you can't defeat Satan unless you're stronger than Satan. You see, a strong man has to be bound and defeated before his property can be taken. Satan is the strong man, but Christ is the stronger man. He is the one that invades the, the house of Satan and frees his prisoners. Jesus is saying, far from being in allegiance with Satan, I'm in opposition to Satan. I'm opposing Satan, and I'm overcoming Satan. He's entering into the enemy's territory, and he's taking back what the enemy has stolen. And you see, this is what Jesus did, and this is what he called his church to do. This is what he commissioned and empowered his church to do. Didn't Jesus say, I am building my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Oh, now he's saying, my church isn't back behind gates hiding. My church is the one advancing and assaulting and attacking the gates of hell. It's the church that's marching forward, declaring the good news, demonstrating the power of the risen Christ. Turning men from darkness to light, from power to Satan. And look how Paul, when Paul got his commission from Christ, the same commission Jesus had, he gives to Paul, and then he gives to his church. And if we were to look at Acts 26, we see how Jesus had, had sent Paul. He says, Paul, I am sending you. Church, I am sending you. What is the purpose of our ministry? To open the eyes, open their eyes, open their eyes, and turn them from darkness to light. 
from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among my people, a place among those that are sanctified by faith in me. He goes, I send you to tell them and, and to invite them and to share them, to open their eyes and turn them. God says, I want to use you to turn people's lives from going down that broad road and get them on the narrow road. I want to get you to tell them something that will turn them around and wake them up that their eyes might be open that they might come to see and understand the good news of a loving God and a wonderful Savior. Can you say amen? You see, Jesus is the stronger man who has invaded Satan's house and overcome him. And now he's claiming his spoils. And friend, he can invade your situation. He can invade your broken heart. He can invade your troubled soul. He can invade your situation for nothing, nothing at all is too hard for him. In fact, his kingdom, it's not a kingdom of talk. It's not a kingdom of theology or poetry. It is a kingdom of power. It is a kingdom that transforms lies, expels the world of the devil and exalts the Lord Jesus. Talking about that kingdom. What is the kingdom? That's where a king reigns. If Jesus reigns in your heart, the kingdom of God is there. The kingdom of God is there. First Corinthians 4 and 20. This kingdom is one of power. We're not just here to sing songs, bow, kneel, get up, dance around, a bunch of traditional thing that had no power. This gospel is a gospel of power for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. This is more than just debate and philosophy. This gospel will change your life. This gospel will heal your heart. This gospel will break the chains that are trying to defeat you and destroy you. This gospel will heal the brokenness that's trying to cause you to give up hope and throw in the towel. This gospel will make you new. God's present reign in the lives of his people. It's a reign of power. It transformed me. Did it transform you? Yeah, that's the kingdom. The presence of the king in his kingdom is to be seen. Not in incense going up. Not in some kind of hocus pocus. No, 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 no. The presence of the kingdom is to be seen in his power to expel evil and transform lives. Expel evil and transform lives. The kingdom, the kingdom is the rule, the dominion, the reign of the king, the king of kings. And again, not beautiful words of poetry, not deep words of theology, not sweet words of philosophy. It's the overthrow of evil and the deliverance of men and the exalting of Jesus, and the establishing of his work and his will in the hearts and in the lives of men. Can you say amen? See, Satan has a hold. He had a hold. Still has a hold on people. But when the stronger one comes, that hold is broken, that power is broken, that authority is broken, and a new spirit, a new king, a new rule, a new reign has come. And that's why, Romans 1 and 16, that's why, as believers, we should be bold in our witness. 
We should be confident and courageous when we share the gospel with others. We should be loving, we should be kind, we should be sensitive, but we should be confident and we should be bold because we've got something that works. We've got something that's real. We've got something that'll change your life. I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power. Somebody say power. It's the power of God for salvation for anyone that'll believe it. Anyone that'll believe it. But you can't believe it if you don't hear it. And they're not going to hear it if we don't bring them or tell them. Can you say amen? But to those that hear the gospel within the gospel of Jesus Christ contains the power of the living God to transform any life, to mend any brokenness, to open anyone that's blind and cannot see. Jesus loves you. Jesus desires you. And if you'll come to him... He'll receive you. If you'll yield to him, he'll transform your life. Power of God. Power of God. Power of God. This power is awesome. Wonderful. Is it not? Oh, the power of God. Oh, the power of God. Hallelujah. Power of the living God. God's so good. Brother Spurgeon used to say that the word of God like a lion in a cage. Let that lion out. He'll defend himself. Amen. We're too busy trying to, trying to protect that thing. Don't protect it. Declare it. Sometimes we get too much in debate. Don't debate. Denounce. Declare. 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 Woo. God's word. He'll defend his word. Amen. Just give him. Give it lovingly. Give it clearly. But man, give that word. I'll never forget one, one year um, between college semesters working, making shovels. Union, fork, and hoe. I didn't think it was possible for a human being to make as many shovels as you were supposed to make. I came home that for, I'm telling you, after two hours there, I was ready to go back to college. I think I was going to study for 20 years, anything to get stuck in a place like this. I look at those men. They looked like 100 years old. They're only like 20 years older than me. I said, my Lord, this place will age you. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> ah, that first day, I had to open up my hands. I had some, I talk about Ben Gay. I, I got stuck in it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, whew. Lord, I'll tell you, you, want to motivate the kid to go back to school, get him a good job in a nice sweatshop. Amen. 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 He's about 110 in there, middle of December in New York. You open the windows. I mean, it's just, whoo. You sweat. That thing's going so fast, you don't have time to wipe the sweat off your nose. It just, I said, I'll, I'll go back to school. I'll study anything, brother. <laughs> I'm there. I, I'm doing my thing. I, I was young and always bold, always looking for something. I'm praying for people in the factories. I just, isn't it good to be young again? Oh, man, nothing like it. Crazy. I preach on the corner, lay hands on people in the middle of the shopping. Oh, man. Well, I'm witnessing. I'm witnessing to these guys in my group, you know, that are working with me here. And, um, and I see one guy, and I kind of said to myself, shouldn't waste my time with him. He, he, don't, he, he don't look like, <laughs> I thought he was too bad to get saved, Amen. So I'm just doing my thing. We're witnessing. We're just doing our thing. And about three weeks later, that guy comes up to me. He says, hey, preacher. He said, you think you can get me a Bible? I wasn't even witnessing to him because I didn't think he was worth witnessing to. Amen. I'm witnessing to the guy next to him. thinking he looks like I got a little chance to win this guy over. Amen. How crazy we think. And I'm thinking, what? I thought, first, I'm thinking he's playing with me. He goes, no, you know, me and my girlfriend, we want to get things right. And we want to we marry. He's, he's a heathen. But something hitting him. 
And he goes, we thought if we're going to do this, we need to get God in this. And we should start reading the Bible together. Maybe you can, you give me a Bible? Maybe tell me a little bit. I mean, did I feel guilty? Here I am thinking, I'm trying to witness this guy. I think he's beyond hope. And boy, did God show me. By accident, God, God, in spite of us, in spite of us. That's the whole point. In spite of us, God is working. Came to God. Came to, you got to tell it. You just got to tell the story. Amen. You don't have to have all the answers. Just point them to Jesus. Amen. You know, you start witnessing and people, go, they're going to ask you questions that Solomon on a good day couldn't answer. You know what I mean? They're asking you, oh, and you, oh, I don't know. I said, listen, I don't know, but Jesus loves you and he can help you out. Amen. I don't know, but Jesus loves you. And if you seek the Lord, he'll show you. Amen. Isn't that right? <laughs> this kingdom's got power. It's got power. He's got so much power, I'm not even witnessing to him. He's getting saved. Amen? I'm thinking he's beyond hope. The old servant here, what do I know? And God is working. This gospel's got power. Isn't that right? This gospel's got power. Never forget a story. Out of all people, um, a book I think Brother Schuler wrote. Um, but he told this story I never forget. Power of the word, power of the word, power of the word. There's a lady in a mental institute for a number of years. And the preacher started visiting just a little bit, just saying hi. You know, she wasn't part of the church, but just. And, and then slowly, over a matter of weeks, she became totally delivered and as sane as sane can be. And, and when they asked her what had happened, that's how God can work. There was a doctor. The devil got a hold of her. She was suicidal. Saying life is hell, life is hell. This she's, you know. And there was a doctor, just a young intern, and his name was Dr. Heaven. Dr. Heaven. And they asked her how, what happened. Just one day, boom, she's free. I mean, she's the same. They're sending her home to her family. She goes, I see that, Dr. Heaven. And something in me said. Dr. Heaven, if that's heaven, this can't be hell. If that's heaven, then God must be, there must be a God. And slowly but surely, in that say, she began to call on the Lord. And a little by little, the power, that darkness that had deceived and had her bound began to lessen and lessen where the light began. I'm trying to say God is a God of power. He can work in ways that will blow your mind. We could spend the next two hours just give you testimonies of how the amazing grace of God worked in ways that just blow your mind through us, in spite of us. God is an awesome God. Paul says, listen, the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power and demonstration. It drives out evil. It brings Christ into the lives of men. It transforms lives. And if you're going to share it, you can do so with confidence. You can do so with a boldness, not because us for anything in ourselves, but the message we preach and the Jesus we share, he's everything. He's everything. And he can do the job. And he can do the job. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Glory to God. My Lord, my Lord. I'm going to bring this to a close. You and I that know the Lord, we are proof of the kingdom power. Look at what he's done in us. We're proof of kingdom power. 
Look at what he's taken out of us. Look at what he's put in us. We're proof of kingdom power. We're exhibit A of kingdom reality. He brought us out of darkness into the kingdom of the sun he loves, into that kingdom of light. If you're a Christian, then you can say, the king and the kingdom has come into my house, has changed me and freed me and mended me, did something good and beautiful and wonderful in me. And not only has it come to me now, he has commissioned me and commissioned you. Extend this kingdom. Expand this kingdom. Advance, enlarge this kingdom. Pray the kingdom come. Preach the kingdom. Pray in the name of the kingdom. We close. Accusation, refutation. Tell them, teach them. Invite them. Accusation, refutation, last, very quick, very important. Application. Application. Verse 30, verse 30. These are the words of Jesus. There's evil, there's good, there's the kingdom of Satan, there's the kingdom of God, there's the devil, there's Jesus. Where do you stand? Who are you serving? Which way are you headed? Matthew's Gospel, 12th chapter, verse 30, Jesus said, He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Wow. Application. What's it teach us? It's impossible to be neutral in the spiritual war that we're in. Neutrality means standing against Christ. Remember how Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you. tells me that every person, young or old, rich or poor, you must make a choice. Who will you serve? Who are you serving? If we choose to make no choice, we're really choosing against him, aren't we? And listen, more dangerous than open hostility is attempted neutrality. But that deceives and gives us a false security. It's easy to get lulled into, I'm just a good person. But the Bible doesn't teach that, does it? All right. I'm going to close. We're going to open this altar. I'm thankful to tell you this morning, Jesus is the stronger one. And he's able to do for you what no one else can do. Touch you and change you and help you and give you the grace and power to live this life. Now, as we close and come to the altar, number one, if someone's here today and your heart's not right with God, well, Jesus himself said you can't be neutral on this. You've got to choose. Are you a servant of mine or not? Are you with me or against me? Will you put your faith in me? Or do you think you're okay on your own? So we ask you today, if you're here, have you given your life to Christ and is your life and your lifestyle personally and publicly aligned with Christ? Just a little while, we're going to open the altar and we're going to pray one for another and people will be down here praising God and praying. But if you're here today and things aren't right between you and the Lord, please come. Give your life to Christ. Make a sincere commitment to Christ. Choose you this day. Who's going to be your Lord? Make that choice and then live out your choice.
But secondly, if you need a touch today, maybe you've come in and you have a special need, you need a fresh filling, you need a, a, a touch from the stronger one. Well, he's here today. He'll touch you. You're invited to come and receive. It might be something physically, emotional. It might be in your family. You might be facing a storm. But this same Jesus we shouted about, sang about, and we, we studied about, he's here today by his Spirit. And he'll touch those that respond to his call. Stand with me, please. Let's pray a blessing. Let's open this altar. You need to make a fresh commitment to Christ. Come and make that commitment. Come and make that commitment. Don't let the enemy deceive you into thinking you can be neutral in this. You can't be neutral. You've got to choose whom you're going to serve. But secondly, if you're here today, we serve the stronger one. And he's able to meet your need, whatever that need is this morning. We believe as we pray and ask God's intervention, the stronger one is able to invade your situation and do what no one else can do. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that somebody brought us. We thank you that somebody told us, whether it was a neighbor, whether it was a co-worker, whether it was our godly parents, Lord, we want to thank you this morning that someone brought us and told us the good news. Someone loved us enough and took the time to bring us to your house and tell us your gospel. Now, Lord, help us to be faithful and willing to tell others and to invite others. Father, let us never cease to be appreciative of what others have done for us in the area of our salvation. Help us never take it for granted, but instead help us to live lives. Lives that are responding to the grace and mercy of the Lord. Lives that are willing to bring others and to tell others. And now, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would release a fresh measure of your divine power at this altar. That, Father, as people come, regardless of what the need is, physical, emotional, spiritual, dear God, whatever it is, financial, Father, in the name of Jesus, release a mighty measure of your power as men and women come with faith with an expectation. Let your power flow. Let the arm of deliverance be released. Lord, we love you. And we thank you that you're the stronger one and you're able to meet any need and minister grace to any heart. Now touch us. Now speak to us. As we draw near to you, O oh God, draw near to us. And touch us with your power in Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's worship the Lord.